Amen. Praise Him. Oh, is your Jesus alive? Praise Him. Amen. We bless God. Amen. God bless you, royal singers. Wherever you are, I want you to be on your feet. As we say a word of prayer before we zoom into the word of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight. We bless you for an opportunity to hear your word and to be transformed by your engrafted word. Your word says in the book of Acts 20 verse 32 that your word is able to build us up and give us an inheritance. This evening as we have come before your mercy seat, let your word, O oh God, build us up and let it be an inheritance for the children of, of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. Shalom. Take your seats. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Tonight, as I said, we want to thank God for the opportunity. To be alive is an opportunity. And you don't want to take it for granted. Because a lot of people wish that when they were in your shoes. They are not part of the living. If, but if you and I are part of the living, then we have every right to give praise and thanks unto God. So tonight for me, I am very grateful that God has spared my life and God has ordained this day for me to be alive. And I believe that you are also grateful that God has given you life. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. The Bible says, in all things, give thanks unto God. And in giving thanks, I also want to thank my father for the opportunity that he has given to me tonight to share the word of God with you. I believe that at the end of this teaching service, you go home with something. You go home with a word that can change and transform your life. And also all the people that are watching us live on Facebook, God bless you for joining us. And for those of you who are seated here, God bless you for making time to be in this evening's teaching service. I want us to look at something in Psalm 90 verse 12. Psalm 90, verse 12. Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. The psalmist is saying that, so teach us to number our days yes, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. God wants us to apply our hearts unto wisdom. Praise him. Jesus is alive. And it is my prayer that, you see, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. So when the Bible says that do not be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word, the Bible is telling you to apply your heart unto wisdom. Amen. Amen. Oh, are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise him. Jesus so tonight, it is my prayer that as, as we have come here this evening, whatever word that is going to be shared, whatever that God has for us tonight, you will put it into practice. And by so doing, you are applying your heart unto wisdom. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. And this evening, I want to share with you something our Father shared with us last year. As we always say in this church, we are children of copy copy. We can't go and then 
develop new ideas of our own. No. The best way to learn is to copy. And, and as a disciple, you do that which your master does. Amen. Amen. So tonight, I want to share with you the mysteries of prayer. Oh, amen. Amen. And is it, it's not just about sharing with you, but I, I pray that for those of us who write notes, I believe that as I go on, you'll be able to, I mean, follow what I'm saying. But for those of us who were not here when our father preached message, I believe and trust that at the end of this service, you are going to apply your heart unto wisdom. Amen. Oh, amen. Amen. Now, before I even go deep into this prayer thing I want to share with you, I want to talk a little bit on altars. Praise him. Jesus and last year, our father shared with us altars as well. But in order for us to understand the mystery of prayer, it is important that we understand what altars are. Because you know, our father made us understand that we are all in one way or the other influenced by an altar. Praise him. Jesus is alive. Oh, praise him. Jesus is alive. So, Every one of us is influenced by it. can either be a bad influence or a good influence. Depending on the type of altar. And you ask me, what is an altar? And our father explained to us what an altar is. Basically, I want to talk about an altar. An altar is a place where human beings interact with spirit. Amen. So our father made us understand that when, when we talk about altars, Okay. We are also talking about a place where sacrifices are made. Please, I want you to follow me because I'm getting a point here. When we talk about altars, we are talking about a place where sacrifices are made. And you see, after these sacrifices are made, the spirit then begins, as I said, the spirit then begins to interact with human beings. Spirits come down to establish a covenant and laws. And our father also made us understand that covenant goes from one generation to the other. So, so it, it does not matter whether you were there or not. As far as you are under that, cup, that altar, that altar can speak for you, whether good or bad. Oh, I, I, is somebody following what I'm saying? Okay. And another key thing that we need to understand about altar, as I said, covenant and oaths. And you see, covenant and oaths are binding. Amen? Amen? They are binding. In other words, they are they are like laws, okay? If you are in Ghana, the law in Ghana says that if you don't have a license, you can't drive. Amen? So it is binding on every individual to ensure that before you sit behind the wheel, you must have a license. That is how covenant and oath operate. It is binding. And as I said, these covenants uh, what uh, come about as a result of an altar. Now, to explain this to you, I want us to look at something in the book of Esther. We want to look at a, a particular individual our father has shared with us a couple of times. Someone called Haman. Now, before I even go on, you know, you see, every altar, as I said, is an interaction between spirit, human and spirit. And the altar, we have priests. 
Amen. Amen. We have priests that take care of the altars. So when you even take the church as an example, we have priests. Praise him. Jesus. We have somebody like our father. Amen. Amen. Who sort of serve as an intermediary between us and God. So he is a priest on this altar, salvation clinic altar. In the same way, when you go into this fetish priest and all that, they also, they, they also have priests. And the priest is the fetish priest. Amen. Amen. And this fetish priest make interaction between the spirits. Praise him. Jesus is alive. So, as I said, to understand this, we want to look at the story of Esther. Let's look at Esther chapter 3, verse 7. And we all, we all know the story of Haman, where Haman sacrificed to the king's treasure to kill all the Jews. Esther chapter 3, verse 7. Mm -hmm. In the first month, that is the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, they set, they cast power, this is the lot, before Haman, from the day to day and from month to month to the twelfth month, that is the month of Ada. Amen. Oh, praise him. Jesus is alive. Oh, please go on for me. And Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom. And their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. Mm -hmm. If it please the king, that it be written that they may be destroyed. He said, if it pleases the king, let it be written that they be destroyed. So this was um, an, an evil priest that is instigating evil against the people of Israel. And you see, when Haman was doing this, the Israelites did not have an idea about it. The same way you and I, we are sitting here. For all you know, somebody is castigating evil plans against you. You are not aware of it. Amen. Amen. He, his plan was that the people of Israel may be destroyed. And let's see what he did. We said that on, on altar, sacrifices are made. Also. And it, the, these sacrifices that are made is what gives the spirit the audacity to execute whatever desires that the priest wants. So you see it here. What kind of sacrifice does Haman make here? Continue. And I will pay them. I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. So Haman was prepared to sacrifice 10,000 talents. He was prepared to make a sacrifice to a certain altar just so that the children of Israel can be destroyed. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise him. Are you here? So it is important that we understand this. Because if you do not understand this, and you do not raise a counter altar, a counter altar no, ma, for against the evil altars. They are going to ever rise up against you. And you realize that things will not be going on well with you. you. So understand that there are altars. And in this altar, we have sacrifices are made. And these sacrifices are made by a priest. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Jesus is so as I said, Haman consulted his gods. And he made sacrifice. See, he consulted the God to the extent that, if we read the verse 7, he knew the months 
the day to which the, 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 he cast law to know the days and the month in order to destroy the people of Israel. So in the first month, that is the month of Nisan, in the 12th year of Kenarosaros, they cast pair. They cast lots. Jesus is alive. So when you and I are sleeping, other people are making sacrifices, trying to determine when we can be destroyed. But not in this house. Oh, I said not in this house. Amen. And, and you see, even in the story of Esther, what Haman did not know was that God was raising up an Esther. God was raising up an Esther to counteract whatever altars whatever evil altars that was going to destroy the people of Israel. Amen. Amen. Let's look at Esther chapter 4 verse 13 to 17. And please read it for me. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall they enlarge, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise. This is an advice for Mordecai to even all of us. Here. As I said, altars are we are always influenced by an altar. And these altars can be evil or bad. Now, if it so happen that an evil altar is what speaking against you and you are holding your peace no, why, what, what do you think is going to happen to you so Mordecai was telling Esther do not sit down and hold your peace and for if thou all together hold thy peace like a lot of us oh for me I am okay you are not raising up a good altar in the life of your children you are comfortable like how Esther was comfortable in his position he took Mordecai to remind him that hey you where the place that you have been set or the place that God has set you it was for a purpose and do not hold your peace whilst plans, evil plans are being perpetuated against the people of Israel so Mordecai was advising Esther do not hold your peace at this time because if the evil comes it is going to come upon you and also come upon the rest of us. Please continue reading for me. For if, for if thou, if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Why were they going to be destroyed? Because somebody, a certain priest, had made sacrifices on a certain altar to destroy them. Please go on. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Praise him. Jesus so Esther applied her heart unto wisdom. Esther did not come. So what did he do? When he heard that 
the children, when Mordecai told him that if he hold her peace, the children of Israel will be destroyed. He did not, I mean, hold his peace, held her peace because he was comfortable in the king's palace. He made a step. He made a step. And that step was to fast and pray. To counteract the evil altar that was speaking against her and the children of Israel. So tonight, if you are going to apply your heart with to wisdom, you will rise up in prayer. You will rise up and fast. As this, this 12 days of 13 days of fasting from the second to the 13th of June is coming on. 11 days of fasting is coming on. You will not hold your peace. You will apply your heart unto wisdom. And then engage yourself in this prayer and fast that our Father has learned for us. So that you will be able to walk in your, des- in your testimony. Amen. So the Bible said, Esther told them, go and tell Haman to go to Shushan. Go and tell them that they should fast. As myself and the maidens here are going so to fast. Praising. Jesus so Esther also understood that he, she needed to make a certain sacrifice. And that is the sacrifice of prayer and fasting. Amen. Amen. Now why was Esther going to, I mean why did why was Esther going to fast and pray? Like a lot of us, when, for instance, we are going for job interviews or we are going for places where we will need favor, a lot of us, we don't pray, we don't fast. We just, we just walk there. And at the end of the day, we lose that favor. You know, Esther, because of the plans of Haman, she, oh, because Haman went to the king and promised the king, king I'm willing to sacrifice 10,000 talents in your treasury so that the children of Israel can be destroyed or will be destroyed. Haman went to the king. Now Esther also had to go there. And you see, even the, the children of Satan, they understand this. Haman did not just wake up and go to the king. He did certain things. He cast lots. Amen. He made a sacrifice when he went before the king. So if Esther was also going to go before the king, certain sacrifices needed to be made. And that sacrifice was the sacrifice of prayer and fasting. So when you, when you look at Esther chapter 5, Verse 3. The Bible tells us when Esther and the children of Israel had fasted, when Esther went before the king, the Bible says Esther obtained favor in the sight of the king. Such that the king was willing to give whatever Esther needed. Whatever request that Esther wanted, the queen was willing to give to him. So read it for me. Esther chapter 5, verse 3. Then said the king unto her, What will thou, Queen Esther? And what is the request? What is thy request? It shall be even given thee to the half of the kingdom. You see? So, this is the reward. Oh, this is the result of the sacrifices 
that Esther and the children of Israel made. After they had fasted and prayed, and Esther had gone to see the king, Esther obtained favor. Esther obtained favor. Tonight, if you are you rise up in prayer, if you rise up to fast and pray, you are going to obtain favor in the sight of kings and priests, in the sight of presidents, in the sight of ministers. Because the Bible was written for our learning. So if Esther obtained favor because he fasted and prayed, then in the same way, if you and I are going to apply our heart unto wisdom, and we are going to do this, God is going to cause her to obtain favor before men and before him, God. You didn't put your hand together for Jesus. Now there was a certain I said there's a certain secret that our father shared with us. You see, when Haman went to see the king, he made the king enact laws that were going to destroy the children of Israel. Now, when Esther had prayed and also obtained favor from the king, you see, the laws were not taken away. But another law and a decree was enacted to counteract that law that was what? I mean, passed because of what Haman did. You know, initially I said that and our father taught us that it is on altars that covenant, oath, and laws are established. Amen. Laws are binding. You cannot just go and say, oh, let's cancel this law. What you can do is to enact laws that is going to counteract that law. Oh, are you here? Yes. So, let's see the law that was enacted to counteract the, the law that Haman made the king what passed. I hope you are following me. We are yes. building a point here. Mm -hmm. Write ye also for the Jews. As it liketh like you in the king's name and seal it with the king's ring. For the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring mm -hmm. may no man reverse. Mm -hmm. Then were the, the king's then were, thank you. Then were the king's scribes called at the time in the third month, mm -hmm. that is the month, the month seven, on the three and twelfth and twentieth day thereof. And it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Jews. And to the... It's, it's okay. When you get time, just go and read it. Let's look at the verse 13, please. Please make it a little bit bigger for him. The copy of the writing for a commandment to be given in every province was published unto all people. Mm -hmm. And that the Jews should be ready against that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. So what was the law that was passed initially? The law that was passed initially was to destroy the, the Jews, right? And the same, same. They didn't have any law to back them to defend themselves. But because Esther and Mordecai and the children of Israel also made a sacrifice and obtained a favor from the, favor from the king. Now the king passed a law that was going to enable them to defend themselves. 
praise him. Jesus is alive. Maybe you are sitting here. There is a certain law in your family that you are not going to make it. You are not going to, you are not going to marry. But tonight God is giving a counter law. And that counter law is saying that a man will meet you and marry you. Oh, amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Amen. So the Bible says that a law was published for all the people yeah, so that the Jews will be ready on that day to avenge them, themselves on their enemies. Yes, Lord. May God give you strength yeah, to avenge yourself on your enemies. Oh, amen. Amen. Oh, praise him. Jesus is alive. As I said, Altars is where human interact with the spirit. And as Christians, and as Christians, our interaction and communication is on the altar with the spirit is called prayer. Amen. Amen. Our interaction and communication on the altar with the spirit is called prayer. Mind you, the topic today is the mysteries of prayer. And I believe that you are getting some revelation. Amen. Praising Jesus is alive. So, you cannot talk about altars and take out prayers. You know that I mean, the evil people, they also pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise him. Yes, it's alive. The devil people, they also pray. When you go, to, we go and see a priest. Or do you see the local, the fetish people. You go before them. They will be chanting. Blah, 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 blah. It is their prayer. Because without that interaction and communication, nothing can be executed. It, it cannot give the spirit permission. The only thing that will give the spirit permission is your interaction and the sacrifice that you make to them. So for us as believers and as Christians, prayer is what? The sacrifices that we make to the altar. So that God will be permitted to execute certain things on our behalf. Amen. Amen. So, a lot of us, our lack of understanding of what prayer is, is why we don't, because that's what I feel like. Because if we know that altars are speaking against us, and we need to raise a counter altar. To counteract that particular altar, then we'll always be praying. That's why the beginning I said in Psalm, Psalm 90, verse 12, that God should teach us to number our days, that we apply our heart unto wisdom. This evening, God is teaching us through the scriptures to know and understand certain things that we must do, certain things that we must do to bring about a transformation in our lives. It is high time we apply our heart unto wisdom. It is high time we take the scripture, the word of God, and apply it into our lives. That is the only way we'll be able to what? Bring about a transformation in our lives. So our Father made us understand that prayer is a legally ordained way by which we communicate with the Spirit. It is a legally ordained way. There is no other way by which you can communicate. You can only communicate through prayer. And our father gave us a very profound statement that it is a legal instrument for dominion on earth for us as Christians. That is what prayer is. So if you want to have dominion, that's what the Bible said in the book of Genesis. It said, have dominion. 
have dominion. Amen. Amen. You cannot have, you see, because of what our forefather Adam did. We lost that dominion. But because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, God is giving back unto us that dominion. But we cannot just go and then walk in that dominion. We must apply the legally ordained way. And that legally ordained way is prayer. You didn't put your hand together so in order for us to take dominion, and you see, that is what Esther did. And Esther, Esther, the yeah, children yeah. of Israel did. Esther, man. Haman, Haman had dominion to destroy them. No, to be so best he, was, he, he was being backed by law to no, destroy them. No, 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 no. But when Esther and the children of Israel understood no, 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 that there is a certain wisdom that they must walk in. And that wisdom is what? The wisdom of prayer and fasting. When they applied that, they were able to take back that dominion that they lost to Haman. And instead of the Israel being destroyed, Haman was destroyed. Because why? Esther and the children of Israel applied the legally ordained instrument for their dominion. This evening, if you are going to apply that legally means of dominion, you are going to overpower your enemies. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Amen. I believe that your appetite is being wept for uh, tomorrow's prayer, right? It's from the 2nd to the 13th. So, after hearing this, if you don't engage yourself in this prayer, Amen. Amen. Oh, praise him. Jesus is alive. And you see, our father says, he said, God has told us to have dominion. But this dominion is not automatic. You only legally have dominion through the instrument of prayer. You only have dominion through the instrument of prayer. So we do not don't expect someone to pray for you. Amen. Amen. That is why our father is teaching us this. A lot of us we like just a little head. Oh, my head is paining me. But if you you have understood. The mystery of prayer, which our Father is teaching us. Our Father is not giving us fish. He is teaching us how to fish for ourselves, and that is why He is giving us these teachings, so that when we face the struggle and the problems, because of the teaching that we have received, we will be able to apply the, the, the power that has been given to us through prayer. Amen. Amen. So I believe that after this teaching. You have headache. You, you have the power to do it. All that you need to do is to apply it. Amen. Amen. And you see, the Bible even has said it. When you read the book of First Peter chapter two verse nine, the Bible says like, you are a priest. You are a priest. Amen. Amen. The Bible says you are a royal priesthood. And as a priest. A priest has to offer sacrifice. Uh, And the sacrifice is prayer. What is a priest without prayer? Amen. What is a priest without prayer? And Papa calls it a wulu-wulu priest. (laughs) If you are a priest who who don't offer sacrifice of prayer on your altar, you are a wulu-wulu priest. Ask the person by you, are you a wulu-wulu priest? 
Don't be one. Oh, tell him, don't be one. Don't be one. So, as a, a prayerless Christian, is, uh, Papa even says this, I put it down. A prayerless Christian okay, is so a watered down Christian. Yes. A watered down Christian. Christian. A wulu wulu Christian. The Bible says, yeah, we are there. First Peter chapter 2, verse But you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. He said who? Did he say the apostle is the priesthood? Did he say the apostle is the royal priesthood? Did he say the evangelist is the royal priesthood? Did he say the prophet is the royal priesthood? He said, but you, 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 me, me, I am a royal priesthood. I am a priest. So if I am a priest, I must offer sacrifice. Because that is what gives me the legal backing. To bring things into existence. So if you want to want to live a creative life, if you want to live a life full of the manifestation of the power of God, you must apply the only legal means. And that only legal way is prayer. And so our mother always say that a, a closed mouth is a closed destiny. Your, your, the mouth is meant to pray. So when you are not praying, you cannot create anything in your life. You cannot bring anything into existence. Amen. Amen. So a lot of us, our destinies, certain altars are speaking against our destinies. And our destinies have been shut. But tonight, if you would understand the mystery in prayer, and you apply your heart unto wisdom, your destiny that has been shut, it is going to come out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. So our Father made us understand that a lot of us, instead of being kings and priests, we have become slaves. We have become slaves. Because a slave does not have, doesn't, a slave or a child does not know his right, his or her rights. And that is what has happened to a lot of us. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4. Verse 1. And that is the life of many of us. That is the life of some of us. But I pray that at the end of this teaching, you move from being just a, a, a child. You from just being a slave to being a king and a priest. Because that is what the Bible says you are. You are a king. You are a priest. You are a peculiar person. Galatians chapter 1, chapter 4, verse 1. Please read for me. Now I say that the hair, now I say that the hair, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is a master of all. Go on. But is the, but is under guidance and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Mm -hmm. So, so that is why a lot of us, I'm not saying if you are, if you heard they don't come and pray. But you must come to a point where through the teaching that our father is teaching us and the scripture that our father is giving us on prayer apply some of these things. He said that as long as you are a child, you are no different from a slave. Amen. Amen. And you always have to be guided. Do this. Go here. Come here. But if you are a king, and you understand your position as a king, 
When that shows that you are a king. It is not always when, whenever trouble comes, you are running. But Papa is teaching us so that we will apply our heart unto wisdom as, as priests and as kings in the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 Oh, praise him. Jesus is alive. So, it is high time that we leave this child mentality, this slave mentality, mentality that, that, that sort of do not help you to take your, king, your kingly position in God. Amen. Amen. So, as I said, prayer is a means to exercise dominion. Understand it. What is a king without dominion? Amen. Amen. What is a king without dominion? But a lot of us, we are kings. We have lost our dominion. But tonight, I pray that wherever your dominion is, through the legal means of prayer, you go and take it back in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise him. Jesus is alive. Now, when we say prayer, 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 you know that when prayer is, let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 to 5, please. Hi there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Take heed that ye do not do your charitable deeds before I men. I want the NIV version, please. So, Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, this one, what is trying to tell us, you see, prayer is also an act of righteousness. The first one we said was that prayer is a means to exercise dominion. And we have explained to you what it means by that. And even before I, I even go here, let me, let me even liken it to what Satan has copied. Even on the, on the, on the, on the topic of prayer. Satan has copied this. And as I said in the beginning, that is why when you go and see a fetish priest, they also communicate and interact. They say certain things. And do what they are saying. They get some legal backing to do whatever they want to do. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise him. Jesus is alive. And you see, there's another thing on prayer that I want to also let you understand. You, you know that prayer is also an act of fellowship. Hmm? You see, there's one thing that God, you know, God does, I mean, when you pray, it doesn't do anything to God. The only thing it does to God is that God is able to enjoy your fellowship. Amen. Amen. Because the more you pray, the more you interact and fellowship. And you see, this fellowship at the end of the day is going to be for your own benefit. What happens? Always, I give this and this example. If you go to the public, I mean, um, place of convenience. Okay. A lot of us, we don't know what I'm talking about. The KVIP. 
Normally, when you go there and you come out, you realize that there are some new saints on you. Oh, amen. amen. Oh, praising. Jesus. If is you relate life. with what I'm talking to you, please raise up your hand. Himosa. Those of Himosa. you, some of us are having seen KVIP. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I'm talking about, you don't understand. When you go, you, you, you can apply spray on yourself. Go there and come. Something will be on you. People will ask, mm. you don't have to tell them where you are coming from. They you know where you are coming from. So you see, in the same way, when you have fellowship with God, something rob off you. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise him. Jesus is alive. So our father was even giving an example. You see, he was even saying that, you see, women that praise, there's a certain glory about them. Amen. Amen. No, you look at us of mommy. Even look at yeah, our yes prophetess. Oh, I said, look at our prophetess. Because she is a woman of prayer. She's always beautiful. It is the glow of the fellowship that she always have with God. So if you want to have a certain aura about you, if you want to have a certain glow about you, always seek to have fellowship with God. Because, even in the Bible, in the days when um, the, in the wilderness, when Moses went on top of the mountain to meet God, the Bible says that when he came back, the people could not look at his face. Why? Because he had had fellowship with God. Her face was radiating with the glory of God. And that is what prayer does. When you are a man of prayer, you fellowship with God. And always there is a certain glow about you. And that is one of the mysteries of prayer. You didn't put your hand together for Jesus. So, Anytime you pray and have fellowship with God, something happens to you spiritually. You change. It happens to you spiritually. So never ever pass on the opportunity to pray. As I said, second to the 13th, our father has launched walking into my testimony. And you cannot afford to pass on this opportunity. And I believe that at the end of this prayers, there is going to be a certain glow about us. There is going to be a certain aura and glory about us. So that when we are coming, the enemy will not do anything but give way to our testimonies. Amen. Amen. Now back to the second point. I said prayer is also an act of righteousness. Prayer is a righteous act. As we saw in, in, in Matthew chapter 6 verse 1. That be careful not to do your act of righteousness before men. He was talking about prayer. Let's look at the verse 5. It, it, it tells us what he was talking about. He said, and when you what? And when you what? So, a lot of us we are very hypocrites as our father yeah, said we yeah, are very yeah, it is only when we come to church that we come yeah, and pray yeah, but God is telling us yeah, we should be careful not to do our act of righteousness before men praise him Jesus is alive so this is telling us that prayer is an act of righteousness and scripture talks about prayer and what we need to know about prayer and what we need to defend ourselves. See, just as in the story of Esther. Esther when Esther 
And the people of Israel prayed. They had defense against the evil perpetuation by Haman. So when you when you pray, you you have a defense. Amen. Amen. Oh, you didn't get a revelation. When you pray, you have a defense. Praise him. Jesus is alive. Because that is exactly because what was Herman seeking to do? Herman was seeking to destroy them. But he didn't know that they had defense. And offense. See, prayer is a defense. And an offense. You didn't get me. Prayer is a defense. And an offense. So, it means that if you don't pray, you don't have defense. You cannot offend. Amen. Amen. You are like a certain team that I know. Their defense are very, very, very shambolic. Their striking department is also very, very shambolic. But if you know a certain team that I know, that has a good defense and a good offense, you win the Champions League. Amen. Oh, praise Him. Jesus is alive. Put your hands together for Jesus. Joseph, why are you smiling? <laughs> Praise him. Jesus is alive. So, if you know that prayer is a defense and an offense, you must learn to, or you must study the scriptures on prayers. Now, when Jesus Christ was being tempted by Jesus, this, by Satan, he knew the scriptures, so he was able to defend himself. Because if if you are a son of man, turn these stones into bread by through prayer so and the word of God. He said, hey, Satan, get thee behind me. For men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Amen? Amen. So, if you do not know scriptures, if you do not know what the word of God says about prayer and certain prayer topics, anytime you pray, you are going to pray a mess. You are going to pray a mess. Amen. Amen. So, the disciples of Jesus Christ, knowing the importance of prayer, what did they do? They did not ask Jesus Christ to teach them anything. The only thing they asked Jesus Christ to teach them was on prayer. Let's look at Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Luke chapter 11 verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John, the, John taught his disciples. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples. And that is why our father is teaching us how to pray. He's teaching us the mystery of prayers. Because our Father knows that prayer works. Amen. Amen. Our Father didn't say, oh, come and let me teach you how to go and fish uh, for fish. He's teaching us the mysteries of prayers. So that we'll be able to put it into practice. Amen. You see, the disciples, the reason why, I believe that the reason why they saw Jesus Christ, they asked Jesus Christ to teach them how to pray. They saw the dominion in prayer. So, anytime 
somebody comes possessed with evil spirit Jesus Christ will not do what will you do come out of him you evil spirit you will build the spirit and the spirit will go he didn't have time to chat with them he will break them but before Jesus Christ could do that in his closet before he was able to apply that dominion in, in his closet he was praying so the bible says in the book in the, in, in the book of Mark chapter 1 verse 35 a great while before day a great while before day Jesus Christ went to a, a lonely place and went to pray. And all these things the disciples were watching. So they knew why Jesus Christ was getting his dominion from. That's why they asked Jesus why. Jesus, Jesus why? Jesus asked how to pray. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. 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 Very early in the morning, while it was yet still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise him. Jesus is alive. So, Jesus Christ did not just do his act of righteousness just to please men. In his closet, he was praying. Amen. Amen. So that in the open, he didn't need to even talk plenty. All they had to do was to cast out the evil spirit. And they were out. They were going out. That is exercising your dominion. In his closet, he was praying. The disciples, they saw this. And they came, another, I think it's in the book of Matthew chapter 17. When um, a sick person was brought to Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ told the disciples, Pray for them. Like how Papa will tell us. Hey, I didn't pray for them. Pray and pray and pray. pray, 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 pray. It's not easy. They're not from. Amen. Amen. Oh, praising. Jesus is alive. Oh, praising. Jesus is so alive. So the disciples they could not. And they went to ask Jesus Christ. Jesus, why is it that you prayed for this one? He said, "Hey, be gone." And the spirit went. And we could not do that. And Jesus Christ said something. In verse twenty-one. This thing. This thing goeth forth by nothing, but is said by what? Prayer and fasting. Amen. Amen. It goeth not forth, except by what? By prayer and fasting. Praise him. Jesus is alive. So prayer is important. That is the only legal means by which you exercise your dominion. Amen. Amen. So the disciples asked Jesus Christ to teach them how to pray. So we must also be taught how to pray. And that is what our Father is doing for us, even through this teaching service. Amen. As I said, a lot of us we pray amiss. And let's look at James chapter four, verse three. How do we pray amiss? James four, verse three. James chapter 4 verse 3. Mm -hmm. You ask and you and do not receive because you ask amiss. You ask and what, 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 when we say you ask amiss, what does it mean? It, it further explains. See, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Mm -hmm. yeah, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Very good. And you see, I, I think, let's look at um, Yenshe. You will come back to that one. I'll come back to that one. So, it, a lot of us, we, we pray but we pray without understanding. 
And I remember our father was giving an example where yeah, some of us we come fire uja, fire uja, within two minutes we are we are tired. It is because when we are praying, we are not meditating on any scripture. We are not meditating on anything. So we 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 get often get tired. We get tired often because when we are praying, we are not meditating. And whatever prayers that we are praying, we are just praying and missing any result. But when you pray with understanding, when you pray with revelation, when you pray and the prayer is backed by scriptures, your prayer is able to yield results. Amen. 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 Now, the Bible teaches us about the laws in prayer. Amen. I want us to look at something in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright man, of the upright is his delight. God is God's delight that righteous people pray. It's God's delight that righteous people pray. And you know that you and I, we are the righteousness of God. So God expects us and wants us to pray. My time is up, so I'll, I'll go on first. That's the thing I want to share with you. Let's also look at Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, yeah. verse 14. And you see, just as in this scripture, hold on. The more you pray, the more you please God. The less you pray, the less you please, you, you please God. Because the prayer of the upright is his delight. So the more you are praying, the more you are delighting God. The less you are praying, the more you bring lesser delight to God. Understand this. If you understand this and you don't pray, it's your own palaver. Songs of Solomon chapter 2 verse 14. God wants to hear our voice. Amen. Amen. Oh my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the clefts, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. <laughs> the way you are reading the scripture. <laughs> okay, read it. Your voice is... Yes. Your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Mm -hmm. So God wants to hear our voice. See, the Bible says that we are the wife to God. Amen. Amen. So as wives to God, God wants to hear us talk. God, God doesn't want us want to hear us complain. Like a lot of us, what we do, we complain and nag. God is not interested in our complaints and our nagging. He is interested in our prayers. Because that is what brings delight to Him. Amen. Amen. Tell the person by you stop complaining. Stop complaining. And start praying. Amen. Amen. Because God wants to hear your voice. Our Father also made us understand the revealed, what, what are the revealed will of God concerning prayer. And there are some future scriptures that I want to share with you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. How, that, that is how God sees prayer. What are the revealed will of God for concerning prayer? Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. So it is the will of God that you ask. It is the will because if you don't ask, you will not receive. And asking God is prayer. Who, who goes and asks God and then 
You open your mouth and you communicate. And even in this church, our God has even made us understand that you know, thoughts are prayers. How many of us remember that? Your thought is a prayer. I think it's in Philippians. The Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. So even thinking is a prayer. But when you think, it must come out of your mouth. Amen. So it is the will of God that you ask. It is the will of God that you knock. Is the will of God that you seek. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 21, Matthew verse 22. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. Mm-hmm. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. So this is another reveal will of God concerning prayer. He said, whatever you ask, he didn't place a limit on what you ask. So whatever you ask, Believing. Believing. A lot of us will pray, but we don't believe. It's like, I'm going to my, my mother. My mother, I want an airplane. But in my heart of hearts, I don't believe that my mother can get me the airplane. Amen. And that is the attitude of a lot of us. We go to God to go and pray, but we don't, we don't believe. It's like, I have to say, a, a, a man trying to woo a lady. Be a person, a but he can't give it to you. He knows to me, fam, but he will lie. All of us will go before God and we are lying. We pray, but we don't believe that God is going to do it for us. It's not lies. You go to God because the, the reason why you are going to pray is that God will do it for you. But when you are praying, you don't believe. It's not lies. But God sees our hearts. So when you are going before God, believe the Bible and what so whatever thing you ask in prayer, believe If you don't believe, you will not receive. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter eleven verse twenty-two. You can, you can read this and when you go home. So Jesus answered and said to them, "Have ye twenty-four, brother?" Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believing that you receive them, and you ask them. So these are the revealed will of God concerning prayer. Another scripture is Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. Praying with understanding. Praying with understanding, as I said with earlier. Please read for me. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think they, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Yes. So you must what pray with what understanding. Don't just say things without understanding them. And that is why our Father teaches us, and that's why our Father is giving us these scriptures. So that when you go before God, oh God, I I want this. What has the what is the revealed? will of God concerning the prayer that you are praying. You quote the scriptures. Because God will not go above or below his word. The Bible says his words, they are yea and amen. So when you go before God and you are asking something, you must ask him in his word. When you do that, you are not praying amiss. You are not saying vain things. You know what you are talking about. Again, you must pray by the inspiration of the word of God. John chapter 15 verse 7. John chapter 15, verse 7. 
John chapter 15 verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask me whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. So he said, if my word, my word do what abides in you. So in order for God to do what you are asking, you must have the word of God in you. Do you know the, the, you know the mystery? You know that in the book of Philip, the Bible says, God has given a name that is above every name. At the mention of the name Jesus, every name bows. If Jesus Christ asks, God will do it. And in this church, our Father has always taught us that the amount of the word of God you have in you is equal to the amount of Jesus you have in you. So if you have the word of God in you to the fullest, you are like Jesus Christ. Going before God to ask God for something, God cannot refuse you. So Christ is equal to his word. When you have the word of God in you, God will not refuse your request. But he said, if my words abide in you, you will ask anything and I will give to you. How much of the word of God do you have in you? How much of Jesus Christ do you have in you? The reason why you have asked and asked and asked, you are not receiving is because you lack the word of God. When God sees you, he just sees Randy. He doesn't see Jesus. In order for God to see Jesus, he must see his word in you. And so that when I ask, he will give it to me. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Amen. Last scripture I want to give you. John chapter 14, verse 13 to 14. I'll be wrapping up very soon. John chapter 14, verse 13 to 14. Mm -hmm. John 14, verse 13 to 14. John 14, verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatever you ask in my name, not in the name of uh, Randy, in the name of Jesus Christ, he said, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So, this one brings me back to, brings me to my next thing I want to share with you. Conditions for answered prayer. Number one, Prayer must be made in the name of Jesus. Prayer must be in the name of Jesus Christ. As we are seeing in John chapter 14, verse 13. If you ask anything in my name, whose name are you asking? And of course, Rademaba. Lord, I've come. I've come in my name. Do this for me, do that for me. Ask in the name of Jesus Christ. And he will do it for you. You know why? Because Jesus is the only one who pleased God as a man. And his blood makes access for us or gives us access to God. And that is why you must go before God in the name of Jesus. Because he is the only one who was able to please God. So the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the altar and finisher of our faith, looking unto him, because there's nobody that God will want us to look onto. Jesus Christ. Jesus. But he's the only one that was able to please the Father. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Amen. So in Romans, let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Roman chapter 8, verse 32. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him 
also freely give us all things. He will freely give us all things. It is all because of his, what his son did for us. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. He was bruised for our iniquities. Our healing. Our everything that we can think of. Is because of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Amen. So our father says something. And I'm ending. The name of Jesus is a spiritual law. When it is applied. Everything. When it's applied in everything, God responds to it. The name of Jesus Christ is a spiritual law. So anytime you go to the Father, you must pray in his name. You must pray in his name. Because God, when you pray in Jesus' name, and you believe, God is going to do it for you. The next condition for answered prayer is Come with praise and thanks. The Bible says, enter into his gate with thanksgiving. Because gates, gates, gates are things that give you access. Isn't it? So when you are going before God, what is going to give you access to God is your praise and your thanksgiving. Psalm 100, verse 4. Come with praise and thanks. A lot of us, when we go before God, we just go and then ask. Like a lot of us, married couple, we are guilty of. When we want something, we just go and ask for it. You must do certain things. Oh, amen. If you know, you know. Praise him. If you don't know, you don't know. Enter into his gate with thanksgiving and into his court with praise. Praise and thanks gives you access. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 18. And the last scripture is Philippians chapter 4 verse 16. Then we are done. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 18 please. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 14. 18. 60 verse 18. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 18. Violence shall no longer be heard in your hand. In your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your bodies, mm -hmm. but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. And your gate praise. Amen. Amen. So it is important that you, whenever you are going before God, <inaudible> you, enter, you go before Him with thanksgiving and praise. <inaudible> because that will give you access. <inaudible> and lastly, Philippians chapter 4, verse 16. <inaudible> Philippians chapter 4, verse 16. 16. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid. No, I'm looking at God will supply your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Okay, hold on. Look for, is that, but in all things, through prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, that's the scripture I'm looking for. Let your request be made known unto God. So, in all things, in all things with prayer, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto him. So, thanksgiving is very, very important. Oh, amen. Amen. Have you found it? I think it's in Philippians chapter 4. 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Say the person by you, everything by prayer. Everything by prayer. Oh, everything by prayer. Everything by so, prayer. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With what? Thanksgiving. With what? Thanksgiving. So it is important that when you go before God, one of the conditions that your prayer is going to be answered, you must go with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Now, after hearing all these that our Father has shared with us, in the beginning, I gave a scripture. Psalm 90, verse 12. The Bible says, So teach us to number our days that we apply our heart with wisdom. Yes. Psalm 90, verse 12. This evening, you have heard it all. What you need now? This evening, you have heard it all. What you need now? It is my prayer that you are going to apply your heart with wisdom. We are going to apply the word of God that we have heard this evening. Because one way or the other, an altar is speaking. Woe to you if the altar that is speaking to you is, an, is speaking for you is an evil altar. But God has given us a revelation and a mystery. And the only way we can counteract this altar is that as priests, we also offer sacrifice of prayer. So tonight is my prayer that you apply your hearts to wisdom. Put your hands together for Jesus. Let us pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, before we pray, please be on your feet. You have heard the word of God. You want to pray that God will cause you to be able to apply your heart to wisdom. Because do not be hearers of the word in deceiving yourself. Pray for grace. To do the work, the, I mean, to walk in the word of God. Pray for grace to be able to apply the word of God in your life. In the name of God, lift up your voice and pray, pray, pray. Father, thanks for your word that has come to us tonight. It is a prayer that as your word has come, O oh God, you grant us the grace, O oh God, to walk in the light of your word. Cause us, O oh God. To be doers of your word, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. You want to pray also that if there is any evil author that is speaking against you, speaking against your marriage, speaking against your business, speaking against your finances, you are praying, you are praying in the name of Jesus, and you are canceling every altar. You are destroying every altar, every evil altar that is speaking against you in this area that I've mentioned. In your marriage, in your finances, in your business, you are cancelled in the name of the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let every evil altar that has been erected evil things concerning my marriage to speak wickedness concerning my business, concerning my finances, let those evil altars be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, we give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus.